Crash Pod is produced by Corey Blake, Thomas Logue, and Doug Smith, and edited by Thomas Logue. The song Astrovic by Adam Warrock from the New Warriors EP is used with permission. For more overly enthusiastic hip-hop, visit adamwarrock.com, on Twitter at hugewarrock, and on Facebook at Adam Warrock. Write us at crashpod at newwarriors.com. For more about the New Warriors, visit our sites, newwarriors.com, novaprimepage.com, and newwarriors.wordpress.com. So scared growing up, chose to fight back, unprepared for the stuff, so he didn't know his own strength. Found the right friends, cause they protected him from the adults who paid his rent. Became just a part of a bigger thing. Welcome to the Crash Pod, the internet's only New Warriors podcast. This is Corey Blake from the New Warriors Continuity Conundrum. And we also have Thomas Logue from NewWarriors.com and Doug Smith from the Nova Prime page. And we are here to talk about one thing and one thing only, and that is the New Warriors. Tragically, though, we have bad news. As you probably have already heard, if you like NewWarriors.com or Nova Prime page on Facebook or follow us on Twitter, the New Warriors series has been canceled with issue number 12. So it's not over yet, but November's 12th issue will be the last of this volume. You know, I think, you know, we should talk about that, what that means. <laughs> I imagine both of you will say the same thing, but um, I, I can't say I'm terribly surprised based on the sales numbers, the estimates that they release every month. I am obviously disappointed and thought that this was probably one of the more promising um, chances for the series to last more than, you know, a dozen or two issues. But I'm um, glad that they were at least given a year you know maybe there's a chance to come back in the future thomas what what you know what were your thoughts when you found out i was actually really really bummed this by far since volume one has been my favorite version of the new warriors i thought that the overall feel was there the the banter it's just the way it was being written and then on top of that the art marcus toe is such a great artist so having both like a well-written a fun comic and then having a good artist on top of it it was just really easy just to get into it yeah, I mean, it's it's really what we've been saying since pretty much issue one, since our first episode. You know, I just, I think it never got the, the cult buzz of something like the sort of universal acclaim as something like Ms. Marvel. You know, what about you, Doug? What, what were your thoughts? felt the same way you did, Corey. I, I wasn't surprised, which is a shame, though. I liked the way the subplots were developing, especially the things with the water snake and uh, speedballs, the questions about him and the penance powers and stuff like that. Hopefully those will get addressed i mean we still have four issues so i've just been reading a lot of comments online about you know people responding to it and i wrote a blog about this on robot six the the, the blog at comic book resources yeah, um, it's very uh, good and i encourage everyone to go to go read it if they haven't in that i i kind of you know roll around some ideas of, about why maybe it didn't work out and whether the sort of brand of the new warriors if you will has been um sort of tied down by events from civil war and other things like that you know obviously create choosing to continue to address those from the beginning when just the, the series was announced and they were just posting the cover people were like how is speedball why is he not penance and you know like all this stuff you know as creators Christopher Yost as a writer what do you do do you just ignore it and just move on and not be tied down to something that happened uh, what is it eight years ago or whatever it was holy cow or you know and just keep it as fresh and as accessible as possible which I think is what the 
the New Warriors miniseries tried to do the, by Zeb Wells and Scotty Young. They just, you know, it's like, it's it's a reality TV show. It's these characters. Let's go. I think that was a fun series. I think it was very funny. But the complaint, you know, the series, I think, was met largely with a, these aren't my New Warriors and these aren't the characters I remember and they're pretending like nothing ever happened. And so, I don't know. It's like, they're, it's kind of like this Catch-22 of like, there's going to be fans who are like, well, what happened to everything I read before? And then there's going to be people who are like, well, I don't know what's going on and I don't care about that old stuff. Yeah. So, you know, as a creator, it's like, what do you do? All right. Which crowd do you appeal to? Uh, yeah. And, and, and New Warriors as a brand, who's that going to attract? Is that going to attract the people who want those questions answered? I kind of feel like mostly, yeah. Those people are fans from the original series from the 90s. How many of those are left? You know, how right. many people are just like, oh, I'm sick of it. They can never get it right. I'm not going to bother. You know, that's probably not a large enough audience to sustain a book. So, you you know, it's, it's tough. Yeah, that, that is tough. I mean, you're, you want to appeal to the base of what's left of it, but you also have to have an element to appeal to the new generation. And I think they tried that bringing in one of the Inhumans mm-hmm. and, you know, Scarlet Spider to get the Spider-Man crowd over. And you can see that there was an attempt to, to bring in elements to appeal to the other groups. And it, like you said, that's just a big hurdle to get over. And and you have to do it really quick. And that's You're absolutely right there. I mean, maybe the strategy, which some people in the comments of that, of that Robot 6 article I wrote um, said, maybe I even said in the article, I don't even remember what I write after. <laughs> you know, maybe it's just a bunch of miniseries. You know, maybe it's a series of miniseries. Like you do a six issue or a four issue and then you take a break. Yeah, and then when the right story comes along, then you do another one. Uh, you're, you're right about the effort that was made to kind of bring some people in with in the humanity thing. I don't think that was really laid into as far as, like if you weren't reading the book, I don't know how aware you would be of that. But certainly Scarlet Spider, I think you're absolutely right. Like the fact that it was the same writer. I definitely saw a good percentage of people responding to, oh, there's Scarlet Spider. Like that's why they were reading. Well, I think it's gotten to a point where if it's not an X-Men book or if it's not an Avengers book, it doesn't have a good chance. Yeah, you're right. And and I think also in readers' eyes, I mean, I saw a lot of comments when Newers was first announced, like, who are these losers? You know, they obviously were newer readers, which, you know, I can understand if like, I've never heard of these characters before. That's fine. But it's like, I'm not going to read that. I don't know any of the characters. Yeah. And, you know, part of that is unfortunately the price of comics, too. That sure. you know, I mean, If you're limited in what you can take a chance on, you're probably going to go with the characters that appeal to you already. And the risk taking is going to be lower than when we were younger. It wasn't costing you a lot to try something new. That is true. I mean, I, you know, the three ninety nine cover price still gets gets people kind of like Ooh, I don't know. You know, what I wish they kind of would do is uh, when the Teen Titans was first launched in, what, 1980? There was that special insert that was in DC Comics Presents that just gave you uh, basically the first issue for free. That's a great idea. I don't know if they still do it, but in the Walking Dead comic, would preview certain other image series. You know, in a book that would make sense. If you're already buying this, you might like this. Right. What's something that a New Warriors fan might already be reading, or a potential New Warriors fan is reading already? Looking back on it, I guess they did try to do that using the Nova book and then Zeb started to form the new warriors there. Yeah, I suppose so. And certainly Nova's inclusion was a attempt to bring some of those Nova readers over to, over to new warriors. One, I don't know how coordinated that really was. Like From a few interviews, I kind of got the impression that Zeb Wells just did that. How much of those appearances were really a, a taste of the, this new warriors? Of a book? team. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh, and like the original new warriors, you had the two issue appearance over in Thor. Yeah, absolutely. And they were a form team at that point and that might even be the best way instead of having your first appearance be a origin story have them already formed and then go back tell the origin we still have um three months it's not over yet i think 
think it'll be interesting to see how it's wrapped up. You know, I think Marvel does this more often now where they say, okay, you've got a year. Regardless of how it does, you've got a year or you've got six months or whatever it's going to be. And so if it does well, we'll just keep going. If it doesn't, you've got your year plotted out and we'll be done. Seems like lately everything is written to be reprinted as trades. So everything's written in yeah. six-issue or 12-issue arcs. The first collection actually just came out a week or two ago. And I was hoping sales from that would, would sort of help it, sustain it, but apparently not. You know, if you're looking for ways to support the series and show Marvel that you, you would like it to come back at some point, certainly get the trade, buy the digital copies, you know, I mean, whatever you can do, obviously, uh, every little bit helps. It may have been canceled, but they didn't rip the copies that we have. So we still have stories that we can talk about. The last episode we left off now, have to talk about issues six, seven, and eight wow. of the new Warrior series, and we're also going to talk about the the original Sin crossover issues of Nova issues number eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. And what we've been typically doing is that we also talk about the original New Warrior series, like the same issue numbers of the original series that we're talking about of the new series. Since obviously the, these new New Warriors issues are going to stop in uh, three months, that we want this to keep going, and there are plenty of more New Warrior things to talk about as Firestar appears in Amazing X-Men and as Nova continues in his own series and as Scarlet Spider uh, has his own mini-series that ties into the uh, Spider-Verse event. Um, so there's plenty of still to talk about and there's certainly old issues to reflect on. So we will hold off on talking about those old New Warriors issues, the original ones, until after issue 12 comes out and then we'll start start a little retrospective. And do you guys want to hit on the Guardians of the Galaxy 18? Oh yes, of course. Yes, thank you, Doug. Uh, that is definitely worthy of conversation. All right, so why don't we start with New Warriors, New Warriors number six, which is kind of the follow-up of the opening story arc where the New Warriors kind of have this uh, aftermath with the Avengers where they have to sort of explain themselves. Six and seven, I, I believe, has fill-in art by Nick Roche. Actually, and Nick had done five too, right? Is that right? Uh, I believe so. I really enjoyed this. So the two kind of New Warriors founders, Speedball and Justice, have to talk with... Uh, uh, Captain America and Iron Man. Meanwhile, back at, at the uh, relocated Wondagore Mountain, <laughs> Thor watches over them, guards them, I guess. I don't know. This was a fun issue for me. I just enjoyed it a lot. Doug, did you have any thoughts from this issue or any anything that kind of jumped out at you? This was probably my favorite issue of the run so far. I like the interaction between the Avengers and the New Warriors. You know, they address issues that had to be addressed in terms of Stanford and the relaunch of the team and what the Avengers think about that and the characterization of Iron Man towards them was just spot on where he thinks that they're a tarnished brand. But then again, we still see some of that subplot questions like you have Speedball's hand behind his back. You don't know, is he powering up somehow? Or I think Thomas, was it you that was pointing out that is he using pain to power up? That's what I was wondering kind of got the impression that it was like Penance's powers, but I hadn't thought of the pain thing. That's interesting. It, it's, it's... Yeah, because that's how Penance uses power, or Speedball, as right. Penance uses powers, yeah. he would inflict pain. I wonder if that's what he's doing, because from that previous, where Hummingbird had said, hey, do you still cut yourself? So I was wondering if, you know, Yost was saying, hey, he still has issues. He still is not Speedball all the way. Then we have other things. All of a sudden, Hummingbird goes, kind of goes berserk and, and has no recollection of it. In terms of the art, where um, Water Snake Thor, Thor, his face. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that face. Uh, and then, holy 
<laughs> that scene, absolutely. That is definitely the highlight. Thor's face is hilarious. At the end, you have the typical Thor reaction to everything. Hey, have some <laughs> yeah, meat. Let's celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool on that same page where they're celebrating. Like Scarlet Spider is arm wrestling with the cat. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, hummingbirds trying to pick up Thor's hammer. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't think I didn't notice that. Thomas, what did you think about this issue overall? I really liked or... it. I I really really liked it. As Doug had said, they added like a lot of mystery in there. Still, we have the whole thing right from the beginning with Water Snake and that parchment and the uh, demon thing, where she starts to see it but claims that no one else can, and then that's what provokes her to attack Thor. The Twin Peaks. Yes, guy. exactly. <laughs> and I'm curious, like, where did that parchment come from? You know, there's still a lot about water snake that i want to know about and i thought there was a lot of cool story elements in here like where haichi tries to absorb the uh, power from thor's hammer and then i like how yeah. uh, thor to stop haichi from getting up he just puts his hammer on him <laughs> yeah there's a lot of just fun little character moments i always like these kind of post story arc issues like a little bit of a breather and and just kind of the aftermath more character building yeah. than anything uh so seven marcus toe returns and this is the sort of humanity two-parter that deals with Haichi and his backstory of his powers and the inhuman tribes that are roaming the Marvel Universe now because uh, Terrigen Mists have sort of uh, just seeped all over the place and, and so any random person could be an inhuman now. I didn't read that event. That's pretty much the extent of my knowledge Same. of the whole thing. It reminds me of uh, what was that storyline that DC did back in the 80s? There was kind of a detonation of a weapon and that anybody who had the meta G was pretty much activated by it. Yeah, I think it was the Bloodlines one. I think I, I read a lot of those. They were in all their annuals, I think, one summer. Basically an excuse to feature new characters. Throw a whole bunch of characters out there and see who sticks. Yeah, and like all like all one or two of them actually had any legs whatsoever. Yeah, like uh, was it, well, Hitman was one Hitman of them. Hitman was really the only one. Yeah, I think there was one other sort of, but he was basically was Hitman. Uh, Marvel did something similar with their annuals back in the 90s where they each annual introduced a new character. Yeah, that's right. I think DC came after that and they had like a story reason where Marvel was just like, there's no reason, there's just new yeah, characters. Yeah, each <laughs> annual had a new character. There's like 28 new characters that were introduced. There's yeah. my personal favorite, Adam X, came out out of those annuals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're right, Doug. It does have a little bit of that vibe of a uh, plot device to create new characters. So yeah, so Mark Heichi, Heichi returns home and his uh, grandmother and sisters are, they've kidnapped his family, right. essentially. He and Sun Girl are kidnapped or are, are captured by them. They teleport out. One of our, one of the old favorites, Silhouette, returns. So thoughts about this issue? I'm going to say it right now. This was probably one of my favorites of the series. To me, this was so well written. There was a lot of character development between Haichi and Sun Girl. The art in this is at the top. There's so many good panels in this book. I love that Haichi's power really develops when he's able to change into that beast, bear, lion thing. There is just so much good in this. In this issue, uh, Marcus Toe gives the, uh, the cat and the dog armor. So they're more armored up. They're just not walking around in robes. And they look a little more bad <laughs> now. Yeah, they don't look like uh, plush yeah. toys. The interaction between Speedball and Water Snake, where he's really convinced that that's, that's her. Yeah. <laughs> it's neat to kind of see them developing as a team, too. Like, now this is their second adventure, basically. And, and just watching them interact and the team uh, dynamics really start to solidify. Doug, what did you think? Good issue. I really liked the art this time. That was really good. None of the subplots seem to ever just get dropped. Even if it's like two or three panels, it's still being addressed. You're right. I mean, 
that's a great observation about the subplots are really are just never being dropped. And cool. I do like how they. I mean, the introduction of Silhouette seemed very natural to oh, the storyline. Yeah. It didn't seem like it was just ham-fisted in there. There was a reason for her to be brought in, and so I always like that when it's a organic growth. Yeah, a l- little bit of uh, symmetry. I realized that Silhouette appeared in the last volume of New Warriors as well, with the um, bandit as Night Thrasher and, and the, uh, the sort of depowered mutants and she appeared in issues seven and eight as well and th- and she appears in seven and eight in this series as well so the universe has aligned <laughs> you know it's also an introduction of three characters that, that fall to earth um, that we don't really quite know what they are but three celestial energy signatures that are picked up by jake waffles uh, waffles. Jake waffles right a little bit of a teaser for a future story i know who they are Do yeah you? they appeared way back in the day i don't know if this was their first appearance actually i just checked it's not their first appearance i first read them in avengers 2 50 i believe it is um they're maelstrom's minions it's gronk helio and i want to say probius is the third dude look at you yeah go. yeah because they showed those three beams in the previous issue or whatever because the first time they showed up they were just shadows right. in the previous issue and i didn't no idea who they were it wasn't until they actually showed it in this issue where i said hey i know who those three are well, well it seems like it has to do with the celestial situation and high evolutionaries that whole plot yeah line. the one thing i wish that they would do you know we're getting a lot of these inhumans when they introduce silhouette in this issue you know at the bottom it says silhouette cord aka silhouette i kind of wish they would do that when they show these other tribes of inhumans so you know who fume and lash and all these other people are it'd be kind of cool if yeah. you know like if there was a page with all of them on there just do that little mm-hmm. word little word box yeah, that, little, that says you know yeah. fume lash blah 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 yeah that's a great right. point i mean the fact that it's already been established as a device in this series of, of having that little caption by people by characters yeah. names or by characters yeah that's that's a great point I, I i think that is probably my my critique and i felt it more in the next issue where it felt it started to feel really crowded and i was losing track of which inhuman which, was with yeah. which group? Right. I, I, I was I was mostly okay on this issue, but it was de- definitely felt on the next issue. So that is issue seven. So then issue eight. The whole issue is kind of structured in an interesting way, where we keep flashing back to Mark getting his powers and how how he first kind of responded to that. Uh, you know, maybe it was the gap between issues, I don't know, but I definitely felt between the flashbacks and then present and then the present with all these different Inhumans, I don't really know them yet. Right. I definitely was getting a little bit, it, it felt cluttered, it felt a little crowded, and it felt a little bit unfocused. For me. Actually, I really liked it. I can't say enough good stuff about Marcus Toe. I'd never yeah. seen his art before, yeah. but I am absolutely in love with his style. Talking about the art real quick, it had a lot of great shots. Like, you get that where all the warriors are there. It's a great team shot of almost everyone on the mm-hmm. team. There's another great That'd shot be- of them just standing there all ready to fight. Because I'm looking at this panel, I mean, Marcus Toe is so great at faces and just those close-ups. Especially, yes. I, I see him do a lot of a lot of, like, long, horizontal panel with two faces. He does a lot of really good things, but I just... I like when he does that. Yes, I agree. And I thought it had some good dialogue where Justice says, Warriors defend. Um, Scarlet Spider's like, defend. That's our new battle cry. And then Water Snake is like, hey, you know what? Warriors attack or Warriors kill is much better. Icing on the cake for me was seeing Silhouette in action because we haven't seen her do anything in forever. And we saw it teleport, but we get to see her actually fight again, even though it doesn't last long because of that one dude whose name I don't 
can't remember with the chains. And like you said, didn't have as many haha moments with the banter, but I still thought it was a good story being told because it really focused on Haichi's origin. So I don't know if there was a lot of opportunity to say, hey, let's do some great jokes. I wonder if by this time he kind of knew maybe 12 might be the end. So he's kind of like, well, let me at least get this character developed. Could be. Doug, what were were your thoughts? I thought it was just okay. And I think that extends more to I'm really not the biggest fan of the Haichi character. (laughs) Um, It's just just, I like the character development between everybody else. Just a personal preference. I think in terms of an issue itself, it was, you know, fine. You know, I liked about Speedball, we see him back to his almost Spider-Man-like personality where he's just yammering on and on and on. (laughs) But then Scarlet Spider asks him if he can take it seriously for a minute, and then he just becomes, like, a different person for a moment. He unloads his power, and he's got that really angry look saying, yeah, I can. So, I mean, it just raises that question of penance <laughs> right right you know? yeah i don't know i'm still a little undetermined about about haichi i liked i really liked the opportunity to meet his family and then i kind of thought like they we didn't exploring that you know that that family yeah. would have been interesting not that the whole issue had to be like hey let's sit down for dinner <laughs> i'm more interested in who is he what's his family like yeah it's awesome that Silhouette's actually doing something rather than just standing there or teleporting, not or or, or not existing yeah, at all. Um, she's more than just a taxi. Or, 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 <laughs> yeah, right, right. The one thing I'm starting to wonder is: is the cast getting too big too soon? Yep. Even if you look at the title page, you've got ten characters right out of the gate, and you know Nova's only on the last page. To me, Jake Waffles and uh, Mr. Whiskers are kind of to me. I don't really see them as a part of the team. I kind of see them yeah, as like Jarvis like, to the Avengers. Totally. Right, they're more of a support structure. Yeah. you know, it's still two new characters that are frequently in the pages that you would have to know. Yep. Uh, yeah, and, and and as Doug mentioned, Nova does finally after being gone for I don't know three three issues or something um, shows up. Is that why? Why you don't like this issue so much, Doug? Because Nova's not really in it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we just found out oh, why no, this I, is I, just I, an okay issue. And then the last panel, we see those uh, those three guys that that Thomas has identified. I'm kind of hoping they do something with Sun Girl to, to develop her somewhat because she yeah. seems like a fun character. I actually thought in this issue she actually got a lot of development when she jumped in and got taken away with Haichi and that she was willing to like jump through the fire. That's actually one of my favorite panels in that page is where she's jumped through the fire and her hands are in front of her face when they thought that they had burned her. I thought she got yeah. a lot of development in this issue. Yeah, have they said anything about what her origin is? Yeah, she, is, that- she is the daughter of Lightmaster. Oh. Obscure, I think Spider-Man villain. Or it, something. it is a Spider-Man villain. Yeah. Any other thoughts about this issue? I rambled no. on long enough, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so those are the New Warriors issues. Moving on to Nova issues uh, 18, 19, 20. 18, 19, and 20, 20. Uh, which is our, our original Sin crossover issues, which, again, speaking of events I'm not reading. Um, yeah, you did. Oh, oh, really? Nova number uh, 18. 18. This is the issue where Nova discovers that the Watcher's been killed, and we see him interacting with some of the heroes of the Marvel Universe to to try and uh, defeat this woman, I don't know, whoever she is. That's, uh, oh, what is her name? It's like Matrix or 
dominatrix. First time I saw her, she reminded me of Fabian and Chris Marinin's Nova series. Tailhook. Oh, yeah, Tailhook. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Tailhook, yeah. There it is. It's Exterminatrix. Oh. Exterminatrix. That's Exterminatrix. Right. So, yeah, so he helps fight her briefly, and then, then somebody has an eyeball of the Watcher and uses it as a bomb, and this releases all these um, secrets from the Marvel Universe, and so Sam has a glimpse of his father killing a Nova Corps. Uh, so Sam assumes that his father must be a, uh, a bad guy and that he was wrong about his father all along. Doug, as our as our resident novologist. There you go. <laughs> um, what would you think of this issue? Probably because I was picking up Original Sin at that time. To see that take place between the panels type of thing, it, I, I'm okay with that. I thought that in terms of the three-issue arc, this was a, a good start. Uh, what would you think, Thomas? See, now this is where I'm going to have to disagree. To me, I could have skipped all the way to the end and to the part where he gets the flashback about his dad. Everything that happened in between seemed like fluff. Either expand the beginning with the shrine or expand the revelation at the end. Looking at it now, that probably was the biggest issue I had with it in the very beginning was the shrine. Yeah. There's too many questions about that that aren't even addressed. Where did those helmets come from? Are those helmets that Sam's been gathering because he had started getting some a few issues ago? Or are those helmets that Ava, his mom, has had because Jesse had brought them home as souvenirs or trophies or, or something of that nature? Because at the end, end of the first part, you're thinking, okay, he's a bad guy and he's killing Novas. Are these trophies that he's brought home? Right. The one thing that's odd to me is they have this Nova Shrine in their garage. Right. Not at all creepy. It's not like you're really hiding the identity very well here, especially when a couple issues ago she was so concerned about the UFOlogist yeah. being in the neighborhood. I think you're right. I mean, I mean, this the opening scene I, I think had you know sort of like had its heart in the right place. But you're right. There's so many questions about like where these helmets come from. I mean, she says we remember the departed. So like, okay, so all these Novas are are, are dead. It, it appears. That there is an emotional significance to it, but we don't get to understand it. I did enjoy him as the novice and as a newcomer, in a sense, kind of bumbling his way around a big Marvel crossover, essentially. So that's 18. And then 19, with a pretty uh, compelling cover there with a bloodied Jesse Alexander as the uh, at the head of the table. World's greatest dad. So this is the issue where Sam uh, heads out to get some answers. Teams up with Rocket Raccoon. Meets up with Odomix. How do you guys say I, it? I call it Adamuck. Adamox. That's what I say. Uh, trying to get some answers, and then they end up sort of being uh, sent on a mission for him once they once, once he uh, sort of traps them with some poison. Thoughts on this issue? This was probably the strongest one of the arc. It introduced some neat elements, uh, like Oblitus. And, I, you know, I like the way he ro rocket raccoon. He was just cracking me up. So I, I thought overall, that, like I say, it was the strongest of the arc. I kind of wish we'd gotten a little more answers, a little more backstory on the Black Novas. Uh, well, Thomas, what did you think of this issue? I liked it. It's not my favorite one. Uh, number 20 was my favorite one. I did like how when we initially see Automox, he's kind of a thin guy, you know, with the Nova helmet. But when we see him as this, you know, slum lord, he's got, you know, like his little robe is unbuttoned. His weight is, you know, <laughs> all gone down to his belly. Yeah. We see that he turned slimy and he also looks kind of slimy 
I, I agree. I, th- I mean, I think I like this issue the best of the story arc. So yeah, I like the Rocket Raccoon team up. You know, he was very funny. I love him wearing Rocket Raccoon. It was very funny. Adomax uh, said, you know, he's like, he wants a helmet or he wants a helmet that works. Yeah, right. Get it reprogrammed. And why does Sam then say, well, I, I can get you one. You know, he, he he's obviously the villain. Yeah. It's just like all of a sudden he's super cooperative. It was just, it was strange. I didn't, I didn't understand that line of dialogue at all. It um, seems like they give up pretty quick to go, yeah, yeah, you know, I guess we'll help you. If we would have seen what Sam was thinking so that we yeah. know like why he's so willing to be like, oh, you want a Nova helmet? Pfft, I got a whole garage full, you know, or, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah or like, I'll give you a yeah. helmet, but I didn't say anything of that, it'll work. Yeah, a but, little um, thought bubble right there could have made it so much easier to see like what Sam was thinking, like what was his plan when he said, yeah, I'll do this for you. Issue 20, Nova goes to this planet to figure out how to make the helmet work. Yeah, I was going to reprogram his helmet so that Adam Mox could wear it since the helmets are coded to the wearer's DNA. So Nova finds this uh, this this bunker and uh, gets into the, the the files that he needs. And then of course they uh, you know they they trick Adamox and uh, Sam discovers that his father's still alive or could be still alive. Thoughts on this issue? I think I was kind of disappointed. You know, there was all this buildup that we're going to get the origin of the Black Novas, and then it, it you know, you you kind of get it, but you don't really get a lot of details of, of their history and such. One thing I really wish they would have done was that scene with the Nova Prime hologram, and he says, you know, basically, I have all the service records. I would have liked to have seen that instead of later being of Sam just saying, oh, yeah, well, I looked at the records and yeah, it turns out you were full of I would have liked to have seen the whole Black Nova part flushed out a, a bit more. Overall, I just kind of wish the, the Black Novas had been flushed out just a bit more. Uh, Thomas, what did you think? You said that this was your favorite this of the three. This was actually my favorite of the three. I liked the fact that we didn't get to see what Sam learns. Could have been written differently, and we could have found out that he actually didn't reprogram it. But I liked it because he's like, oh, wait, you know, you have the records. And then we don't know what happens. And he, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I reprogrammed it. He puts it on, and it shocks him and stuff like that. I liked that I didn't know what was coming. I have a feeling now that Sam knows of this base, knows where it's at, knows how to get into it, knows that it has all this Nova information, I have a feeling he'll be coming back here. That's what I'm hoping anyway, because it seems like it'd be a wasted opportunity if he does not use the space that has this information. And then I like that Sam gets a solid punch in there. No powers, just walks up to him and punches uh, Automox. Only thing that I thought was really, really weird about this issue, and it kind of threw it off for me. So we see, you know, Sam sees his dad, you know, oh, my dad might be a gladiator or whatever. They say, if your dad is still alive, you know, he's on this planet, whatever, as a gladiator, blah, blah, blah. And at the very end, he's like, hey, thanks, guys, but first I have to go home. Wait, you think you found your dad, you know he's not evil after all, and he's in a gladiator ring that fights to the death and you're going to go home first? Because he, yeah, he doesn't go yeah. after his dad. I mean, his whole thing, all this time he's been looking for his dad. And then he found out, oh, my dad might be evil. And then he's like, oh, no, my dad's not evil. Oh, my dad's fighting to the death. I got to go home and do some homework first. Uh, what? <laughs> you know, like, why would you not be flying straight after your father? Plotting-wise, I think, you know, I, I liked it. And Adam Ox or whatever kind of gets, you know. What's gets, coming? Gets his, his, he gets his coming, yeah. And, you know, and it resolves nicely. I just think some of the dots aren't really quite connected. I agree, I 
would have liked to have seen more. Uh, it, it, it is a little bit passed over about, oh yeah, my dad's not a murderer. Totally agreed about the father thing. I mean, character motivation wise and, you know, that that's kind of like that, I think, outshines any other little sort of like, oh, I wish I wish this happened or I wish this didn't happen. Like that to me is like untrue to the character. Like, as you say, if, if in, my cat Cleo completely, completely agrees. agrees, it's like, I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Cleo's like, can you um, open new words? I want to see Mr. Whiskers again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, if you thought your father's dead, or maybe dead, is gone, is missing, and then there he is. He may be alive or not. Motivation of this whole series has been, what happened to my father? I need to find my father. Our family's incomplete. We need to, we need to fix right. this. If there was something that like compelled him to go home, I could at least buy it. Cool. So uh, let's talk. We should talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I did not get it, so it's all you guys. <laughs> so, Guardians of the Galaxy, number 18, uh, Gamora has tied up Star-Lord to finally get some answers on what happened after the Thanos imperative. How did he get back from that the Cancer universe? How did Thanos get back as well? Where did Nova go? The entire issue is essentially Peter Quill explaining what happened through a series of flashbacks, and it ends on a bit of a cliffhanger, with, although with the implication that Peter Quill may have just given Thanos the, the, the Cosmic Cube. So, Doug, what did you think of this issue? You know what? I I really enjoyed this one. Total disclosure, I'm not the biggest fan of Bendis. It's just, you know, nothing personal uh, against him. It's just his writing style doesn't appeal to me. But this one, I, I'll give him full credit. I am very, very happy with this issue. I really like the interaction between Peter and Rich and the art, you know, holy cow. That was some really good art. I mean, the whole team from McGinnis through the colorist, I mean, it was just really, really well done. And I'll say for the first time in quite a while, I, I can't wait for the next issue. So overall, Big, big, big thumbs up for me on this one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good. It was a good start to this story. You know, I don't know what's been going on with Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know why she's tied him up or, or whatever, but it kind of doesn't matter. I mean, it's just a great like superhero slugfest. So, um, my only pet peeve of this issue is that they spell Richard Ryder's name with a Y. R Y D E R is not how his name is spelled. Invariably, whenever somebody talks about him online, somebody has to post and misspell his name and I have to correct them. Um, but anyway, other than that, um, a really fun issue, you know, great epic start. Uh, curious to see what happens and to see what, you know, I'm worried that Nova will either be left behind or sacrificed in some way. I like how there's a, on comicvine.com, there's a thread on their message board. Nova Prime respect thread. But Nova Prime, in parentheses, Richard Ryder spelled wrong, respect. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I respect him, except I don't know how to spell his name. Well, that, I think, covers everything. Did we, did we, is there anything else we need to, to hit on? No, the only thing I had to add is that I created the Twitter page for the Crash Pod, and it's just at the Crash Pod. Yes, oh, right. we're on Twitter. That's right. That's right. So everybody follow us at the Crash Pod. And you can also follow, you know, in that description there, Thomas tags all of our, our personal Twitter accounts. So you can follow at Corey Blake or at uh, uh, Nova, Nova, Nova 64. 64. Nova 64. And then Thomas is, are you just at Thomas or something like that? T-A-W-M-I-S. And uh, yeah, so so uh, you let us know what you think of this episode. And uh, and we'll be doing more. We'll obviously follow the New Warriors till till issue twelve, till it's over, and then we'll keep going from there and keep talking about these characters that we love. And we hope you'll join us. Thanks so much, everybody. Thank you. Thanks Some, a lot. Somehow we made it. <laughs> <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Two hours later. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 
The Crash Pod is produced by Corey Blake, Thomas Logue, and Doug Smith, and edited by Thomas Logue. The song Astrovic by Adam Warrock from the New Warriors EP is used with permission. For more overly enthusiastic hip-hop, visit adamwarrock.com, on Twitter at hugewarrock, and on Facebook at adamwarrock. Write us at crashpod at newwarriors.com. For more about the New Warriors, visit our sites, newwarriors.com, novaprimepage.com, and newwarriors.wordpress.com. Time continuum didn't shift. Instead, he traded astronaut stripes for a cape and a night shift. And though his father doesn't like it, still he can't deny it. Evil, he's gotta fight it. Yeah, little boy so scared growing up. Chose to fight back, unprepared for the stuff. So he didn't know his own strength. Found the right friends, cause they protected him from the adults who paid his rent. Became just a part of a bigger thing. Um, there's not a lot of, like, you guys hear me? Do I? Yeah. Uh, among other things. Oh, wow. <laughs> what? Were you shaving? <laughs> Either shaving or something else. I was like, now I hear a vibrating sound. <laughs> what is going on with this podcast? <laughs> Are you touching it now? Doomed. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna put that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that, ring, ring, and then have you go. Are you touching it? <laughs> we have to put a rating on this podcast. Yeah, the following has been rated R. <laughs> uh, Doug, talk, talk. I guess. Yep. Test, test, test. Hello. Sounds a little bit. I don't know what you're doing there, but... No, it's the notification. Oh, it's a notification. <laughs> <laughs> like Corey was saying. Whoa. Uh, I'll give it a second here, but before it, while it updates itself, then it, then it should stop. Yeah, okay. Yeah, in theory. Jeez. Oh... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, as Corey was saying this is the podcast with the most amount of troubles I mean I forgot that we're recording two days in a row and then the static and then now I'm sure it's updating whatever you want to call it <laughs> yeah, that's what, the yeah kids... that's what the kids call it now <laughs> that's what the cool kids call it well, are you updating in your bedroom <laughs> yes mom <laughs> it's just notifications mom don't worry about it <laughs> don't worry about it yang yang <laughs> Uh. <laughs> that feels so good. Somebody sent me a message. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, are we recording? It's yeah, it's been good, recorded. Good. good, I was hoping so. Um, I, I guess I can continue from early. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, um, <laughs> what are we talking about? I'm just interested to see how that's going to be edited. <laughs> um, so, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, so, uh, so the art, you know, the art's great, you know, a big epic, uh, you know, slugfest by, uh, <laughs> Jack, please. Um, uh, <laughs> um, it does not help that I can hear your woman giggling every once in a while in the background. <laughs> I can hear a woman. Yeah. <laughs> in case you're offended it was Doug who said that 